Oh no. Does my audio sound like it's coming through the right mic now? It yes. does. Much better. It does. Much, much better. You sound so, curious and you sound marvelous, darling. I had a uh, I had an OS failure where mm-hmm. I had to uh, get rid of my my old Windows O ten and upgrade to eleven because a bunch of stuff. And then yesterday I had my cooler fail and I had to go to Best Buy and buy a new cooler and like so I'm having major computer issues the past like week wow. and rough. Jeez, and I thought my uh, external with all my photos and documents on it dying on Friday was bad. Oh, that's pretty bad. Mine was just like a, I had to go to Best Buy and buy a $50 cooler and then contact Corsair and be like, give me my warranty money back <laughs> or give me a new product. <laughs> that is, that's rough. And you're just reminding me, though, that I need to get a new, a new NAS. No. I walked into my room and it smelled like burnt electronics, my office. And I was like, what what is that? And the computer, the computer was working. And so I like, I sit down and I look down at my computer and like none of the lights on like the, the, the fans that are cooling the radiator, none of the lights are on. And I'm like, that's weird. And then right then the computer shut down from the (laughs) CPU overheating. Did someone say NAS? I'll, I'll talk to your ear about, about, uh, Uh, about a NAS? Yeah, no, I'm 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 I'm, 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 I'm your guy. I'm a guy. I know them all. I know them all. Uh, I I get you hooked. Okay, I'll I'll hit you up. I, yeah. I've I've been staring at a few, and I'm I just haven't pulled the trigger. Yeah, uh, I'll the give you all your options. Smoke. I've tried them all. What do you recommend? Uh, yeah. Depends. What do you want to do? I, I know that seems kind of like uh, <laughs> harsh. Right? Like, yeah. oh Give yeah, me- what do you recommend? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you want to be a race car driver? What do you want to do? No, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking to attach some storage to the network. To the network, <laughs> honestly, my my two favorite. Or you showed up just for them to say NAS, and it just skewed me off. But my two favorites right now is uh, Unraid and uh, True NAS. Both of those are really great if you want to kind of put together your own solution. Right? I do not. I do not want to. Um, it's not like Ralph did a whole webcast on the subject i did uh, i'm doing home labs, labs. Yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> if you if you don't Ian might be working on, on more like, content regarding yeah, the subject if you don't want to build anything right i i uh i think synology solution is pretty good um, especially if you want to make sure there's a foreign actor that hacked into your environment yeah so the only Which is nice the only caveat i'm going to give for this i don't want to build my own thing is mm. that the power you get, and I don't mean from like a um, like lots of extra work, like the power and security you can get from deploying something like Unraid or TrueNAS is significantly better than what Synology was going to offer you. Does that make sense? Because they are more to the mass market, and like mm-hmm. you know, you want to turn on that little widget, they're not really you know. So there's there's that. So I've hit the point in my life with you know, my, my, my spouse and my, my children, where if it is a solution that I have to do any sort of tech support on, because this is going to be for like backing up images from laptops and, you know, they touch the network and and sucks up the data. Uh, If any of it is anything that I have to deal with, I don't want it. (laughs) Well, if it's it's just backups, just do cloud. Don't don't make your own thing. The only reason you need your own thing is if you're hosting the Jolly Roger. Yeah. Or, yeah. or or if you're doing some crazy, if, if you have lots of content. I, I agree with, I agree with Corey. If you're just doing backups purely, then, you know, something like B2 storage and there's some other software you can run just. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we do. I mean, that's what we do now. But I, I need something more for where large video editing files that I don't want. See, 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 now we open up that thing. What are you trying to do? Right. Like what? So, you OK. Know, where, you that, know, where are you going? Just get an external SSD. That's problem solved. And then cloud backup after you're done editing and don't keep everything. Well, see, but this is also showcasing the fact that your needs, Ian, are different from the needs of your family. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're not going to be able to find a one size fits all. Also, Ian, you're close enough to Ralph. And you know what? I'll just open up a joint office in Florida. I'll build you whatever you want. (laughs) What do you need? We got you the money. You want to go 14s? You want to go 18s? You want to go 20s? He's shooting in in 8K. So, okay. uh, (laughs) So, I mean, I got the I got a hookup from these Chinese SSDs I can uh, hit you with. They're they're they're, uh, NVMe. They're 4.0 PCI 4.0. They're eight terabytes each and they're only 500 bucks and they're beasts. So you can build a jellyfish. It's not that I can't do it. It's just if if there is a solution that meets most of my needs and I don't have to build it. 
agree. That that that's why I even said those two things because it's the least of like if you wanted to like go straight up like what I call like the arc Linux approach where you're like hand doing everything. This is not that, right? This is this is the first this is like this is the this is your happy me medium where you actually have someone still developing the software, but you have all the turns and knobs if you decide to turn them, right? If um, you want the overpriced thing that you can waste money on though, it's called a jellyfish. Yeah. <laughs> mm. The arc if Linux you, approach it, really triggers me. <laughs> yeah, if, if you, if you want to, if you want to throw money at the problem, you mm -hmm. can drop like car money on SSDs at, at this uh, jellyfish company. So, oh my gosh, no, yeah, oh. who doesn't need like that's a, a post-production house kind yeah. of thing right there? Yeah, starting uh, at nine 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 five. Right. So Brian Brian Godfrey's got in there uh, Chinese SSD with how much preloaded stuff and the, the thing is though that's what you want that's what it's, it's a bonus it comes with all kinds of extra I mean stuff. that's where they're all made so like we might as well get it from there well I mean arguably a lot of the chips are made in Taiwan but so you're saying they they buy it from Taiwan preload it with malware then sell it to Americans I yeah. like it yeah. I love that plan. Is John showing up? Does anyone know? I assume I, not. I think probably not. But you know, I last time I said that I previewed a video and he snuck in the back. So, <laughs> yeah. so okay, said his name minutes. three times. Right. My my articles. I do want to talk about. We have to talk about the last pass one again, only because oh, of the. Oh, action. Did we roll the finger already? Did we? No, we didn't. I was gonna finger. say, roll no. the finger. Let's We're get this show on the road. We're fingerless. Are, are Ryan, we just pick it? someone randomly to host based on what happens. <laughs> Ian's, Ian's here. He's going to be the no, host. Ian, Ian, Ian's, Ian's, Honestly, Ian's, just yeah. give it to Wade and see what happens. Everybody, it is March 6, 2023, and this is the newscast talking about news from Black Hills Information Security. So thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Uh, you know, to say that we have a plan is is wildly overestimating what we're going to do here today, but we're glad to have you along. And we have an illustrious cast of characters, rogues, malcontents, and general troublemakers. Uh, we've got Bronwyn. We've got Mike. We've got uh, we've got Hamsec, which I assume is Corey's now just securing pork and pork-based byproducts. Only pork. Uh, we got Wade, <laughs> and myself, Ralph, and of course we got Ryan here, uh, making us look good and sound good. Just real quick before we continue, definitely uh, we got a lot of conferences coming up. Make sure you come out and see us. We're going to be at where? We're going to be at B sides Tampa. We're going to be at B sides Rochester. We're going to be at a bunch of stuff coming up. Charm. Charm. We're going to be at B sides Charm. We're going to be at RSA. We're going to be at you're sponsoring B-Side San Diego. We're sponsoring B-Side San Diego. <laughs> wow. we, we're, we're so many places. We're going to be everywhere. Everywhere you are. We're, ev we're everything, everywhere, all at once. But that's, that's not what we need to talk about today. You're here for, for news. And Ralph, you wanted to talk about uh, some more LastPass because it is, no, it is not the last. Did it get worse? We will take <laughs> this is, news. It, this is definitely is not the last take. I don't know if there's ever no. going to be a last one here until they're like um, get bought up or merge. I don't know. Do we think they're doing their? Do we think they're doing their like incident response as like a Netflix miniseries? Like from yes. their perspective, Netflix <laughs> is actively working on. Is that is that what they're doing? Like they're not trying to be like secure. They're just being like, ah. let's release it like a couple episodes every month, get people hooked, and then just give cliffhangers after every episode. Like there's a um, there's a real romantic scene and they're like, but I have to tell you, the K twos were stolen. <gasps> so so, so th this one is this yeah. So computer. what I want to talk about is obviously everything has gone bad with LastPass, but so the attack that they actually used, okay, was a so they compromised a employee, all right, and they compromised, I believe, um, it was their home network, and the exploit that they actually used to kind of like get in was a exploit in plex which is a media server which we were talking about at the very beginning and it was a two-year-old cve like this has been patched a while ago it's not like plex had this thing like zero day this isn't not zero an day. day nothing about these attacks are zero day it's all about looking for you know the weakest link quickly 
to get what you want. Right. So, and, Ian, uh, do you remember that, that, how you said you don't really want to manage things in your network anymore? Well, yeah. <laughs> I think this might be the ammunition you need. Well, don't yeah. self-host it. Like, this is great. Two years? Pre- Two years. Plex even tells you in the web console that you should yeah, update. It's out of date. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's Didn't the crazy part. Just, hold yeah. on. Hold on. Hold on. But or here's my bigger question. against on-prem. Yes. Oh, hold on. Here's my bigger question from a security threat profile, right? Mm-hmm. So his... Plex server on his computer, not related to LastPass in any way. That was the the way that they got in to actually make it all the way. So the threat, what what is that threat model here? And we've expanded. Right. A it's the same. That's, it's the that's same. Exact same thing. I was like, what miter attack TTP is this? Right. No. You go after the actual person's home yes. computer. You do enough OSINT to know because they even talk about the pe- the person who had that password. Wasn't like your typical employee. No, right? it was like very this was, few. Yeah. It was very few. So that this was a highly, at least I think, or it wasn't someone who stumbled along and got this. This was a significantly targeted attack. Yeah. And as a defender, there's like no way against it. Like, so how we'll never this? know <laughs> because LastPass will pitch it as nation state extreme complex, extreme. like impossible to defend. Against. You can't defend against this. But uh, by the way, it's totally possible, like being sort of clued into how these hacker forums go. What? It's possible that someone was just popping Plex servers and noticed, yes. oh, yes. crap, this guy works at last. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> like that's Dude. probably more likely. Oh, th- th- like, yes, they'll pitch it as like they did deep OSINT. Ex- oh, my God. Ex- dark so web, OSINT. dark web OSINT analysis. But no, they probably just got access and they were like, I, I, I thought they said they used passwords and stuff from the previous breach. Though. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think right. this is a little bit more targeted than just like maybe, hey, yeah, we maybe. Stand yeah. and then you know, but but yeah, like there have so been, 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 been other people in our field that are highly re- that are respected, and I'm not going to name names just because I don't feel like getting everybody up in arms about names out there. But on the social media, the, a few respected people have gone ahead and said that they feel just from everything that it's probably nation state level stuff that was happening in this instance just because of the sequence of events so yeah I, I think so the other thing too that we can take back from this whole like nation state statement i think we like to use is that it's not necessarily always the sophistication of the attack i think that that is an indicator but i think it's the persistence of the attack the amount of effort and time that can get rolled into one of these attacks it's kind of like that's a full-time job and not the just P. you know <laughs> The P. This isn't just a hobbyist. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's the P. It's yeah, I get it. I get it. We're using so the is, I'm just saying the, though, that that costs money, and that money has to come from somewhere, so that you know so, it's well funded. So ba- so basically, saying they peed on LastPass. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. So how do you think? And, how do you think big corporations are going to start taking this up? Because this isn't. I feel like this is a common factor in several big breaches that have been happening yeah, where an employee's play. internal asset gets <laughs> compromised and then they make the pivot over, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's like the point where they make the pivot over is the same as the point where the employee clicks the sketchy email. Like yeah. it's not like it's the same but different. Like I I don't know. I will say like I wrote I I uh I wrote a blog and I'm probably going to be doing webcast about it shortly, but about Steeler logs and how, you know, the employee's home network is now becoming more and more a part of the threat landscape and like their personal accounts and that stuff, like BYOD pe- people are mentioning. But like, I don't know. I mean, my perspective is even if you run BYOD, that's just a different threat profile and you still have your endpoints at the end of the day. You just have to like defend your endpoints in a different way if you use BYOD. I think it's like, you just can't skip security procedures. Like you can't, like you need to monitor your VPN better. You need to monitor your AWS key access better. Like it's just a priority thing. Instead of just hoping nothing happens with this developer's home computer, it's making sure that if something did happen to the developer's home computer, that you would detect it. And then you would respond just like if someone clicks a link on their corporate machine, it's the same like you have to just have the capabilities that match whatever your threat posture is. That's my take. The question that I've got is with the fight against work from home right now, how much is this going to get used to say, well, if they would have been in the office, there wouldn't have been a Plex server 
sitting yeah. in the office for them to do this. So we need to bring people back into the office at this point in time. For security I mean, reasons. I can tell you right now that Plex server exists. It's just not a Plex server. It's a printer, a home router right. that someone brought in, exactly. a smart cappuccino machine that the guy in development really needed that he brought in and hooked up to the corporate Wi-Fi. You know, uh, a, whoa, whoa! You need a, 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 what are those called? Click shares. Those things are everywhere. Oh, uh, the bar, barcode, whatever. Hey, what's yeah. a click share? Can you describe this vulnerability? It's like you plug it into your laptop, and it like puts your laptop on the screen so that you can show everyone your spreadsheet. Yeah, but yeah. Like, oh, uh, I guess I would. Spreadsheet. You're you're right though. Like, there is some argument to be made. I will say, like, that person's personal account can still be used to pivot into the corporate environment if they get into that Plex server. Even yeah. if the person never works from home, it's still possible. Does anyone know what the link was? Like, how did they go from Plex server to engineer's workstation? He had a password in on his personal machine. I believe that's what it said that allowed them to pivot. Yeah. So, so it's like he has like, you can just log into his local like machine. Like stored creds probably or yeah. something. Like, so, I, I, mean, I believe like, it's like stored, logging into your HR portal on your computer, on your yeah. personal computer, right? It's probably say, something like that. Once and you- then that, that brings up uh, maybe possibly like over-provisioned accounts, right? Was that mm-hmm. account... Yeah have too much permission to then do something pretty crazy on the back end but i don't believe it went too deep into that we we've had conversations about that with like you know password security and the threat model and like two-factor and stuff because two-factor isn't like designed to prevent uh a compromise from your host right like that's not what it was designed for it's designed to prevent compromise from a remote attack right so like but if you compromise my system right two-factor is not going to help in this scenario like if you have root access on my system or administrative access. And that's like what you're saying, you know, obviously you just sit there and wait for them to, you know, do some kind of cross login, you know, into work or type in the password of their same system and password reuse. And it's just like, like, how do you hygiene someone's personal IT life to coincide with their corporate IT life? But, you know, yes. what he's oh. bringing up is that you're trying to just detect that something out of places happened hopefully you know yeah and like yeah and in my blog what the blog is talking about browser saved credentials because in there in an example that i'll cover is like the employee logs into their personal work uh or they log into their personal gmail account on their work browser all the credentials that are saved in their work browser now get synced to their personal gmail account this is how it happens right or the other way around they log into their you know uh, home browser with their work account and it syncs all their saved logins. If they, if you allow that, I think where LastPass screwed up here wasn't having some guy that works for them that has a Plex server that's insecure. I don't think that's where they screwed up. Yeah, I think they secure they screwed up when they didn't detect the yeah. the anomaly yeah. That, yeah. like of browser reuse. First of all, that person shouldn't be logging in on their personal machine. That should be detectable. Also pulling vaults or like actually doing whatever the developer does. Yeah. So it sounds like from they were, so it sounds like from reading some of the article and then from describing this like attack vector, right? So the attacker looks like they compromised that host. And then, so they're coming from this developer's IP address. So it looks as if it's normal. Like this is something that's probably been happening for a long time, but the way that they actually detected was uh, AWS's uh, guard duty. So, Hmm. <laughs> yep. So just valid accounts, right? So how would you detect something after valid accounts have been used? And so I mean, more detection I, yeah. in depth, right? Having something looking for staging, looking for exfiltration. Yeah, that's going to be the bad part. Something's already going down, but that's maybe what you need from well, I mean, a let's Bluetooth go, let's standpoint. Take a step back here, because one of the things that right as the pandemic kicked off, I was very involved in a lot of conversations big organizations that said, hey, you know, what do we need to do to make sure that as we send all these people home, that things are secure? So this is not something that was outside of the grasp or or even thought process of major organizations. They knew that this was going to be a problem and that there's so many rules that are even just based around IP addresses to say, all right, we're only going to allow the VoIP system to talk to this from here. And now you've got to kind of figure out how you do that, right? So this wasn't something that the corporations didn't think of. The challenge is think about the person that you're talking about, right? The person that you're talking about, high level engineer, someone who probably has 
the ability, if not already has all the controls turned off because they have to check to see what's going on and make sure that the tools are going to break a process. You have to develop an environment where that individual can have higher privileges, but also insanely higher monitoring. Maybe it's a jump box. Maybe it's, you know, they they can only connect from a certain computer. But that's, I think, where people make a mistake. They know that they've got to secure these things. What they haven't thought of is, well, the people that we truly trust who should know better. Yeah, maybe they'll never be attacked. They'll yeah, because be by the way, this person that got the, the person that got their Plex server popped could have gotten fished and the exact same attack would have played mm-hmm. out. Yeah. You could argue yeah. maybe they had better alerting on the enterprise machine versus the personal machine. But truthfully, like Ian said, it's about protecting the high value stuff. If I fish some marketing person, I get access to business email. Okay, that's bad. Or if I, let's say I compromise their Plex server and I get into their work machine and I get access to you know business info. That's great. It's, you know, it's maybe it's a few thousand dollars you know in in ransomware damage or whatever but truthfully like the compromises when really bad goes from last pass bad is when it, they get access to all the vaults right that's the other how why does this mm-hmm. one person just have access to all the vaults they're a developer what what developer needs to mess with my vault i don't i as far as i know from a as a password manager user i don't see why a developer needs to touch my vault I just don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. Why yeah. why does a developer need access to my vault? He can have access to the QA vaults, the dev vaults, whatever he wants, but oh. why give the person access to customer vaults? There's just no reason to give that level of access. I guess, you know, I don't know that we don't know the network access details, whatever. We don't know how it was restricted, but I think there were definitely failures here that go way beyond Oh, well, you know, like Mike said, yeah. you got to be in the office because there ain't no Plex servers in the office. Like that, that's the wrong way to look at it in my I, book. But That's so the wrong way, but that's the way that... That's the way that corporate's going to. Yeah. Well, before before the pandemic, I, I've worked for companies where absolutely they were in no way, shape or form willing to let anyone do the work from home thing because they knew how difficult it is to secure these remote locations and how, I mean, okay. BYOD. That's already a bad, bad deal because you have so many different devices and platforms and, and maybe this device gets updated on a regular basis and this carrier for this phone doesn't do it on a regular basis. It just, the, the variables that get thrown in and now post pandemic, everybody had to go home. So we haven't caught up yet. We still haven't caught up yet. And this business of being able to do a lateral movement, a, a pivot off of the a senior developer. I've worked in houses where I've I've had insane amount of permissions myself that I should not have had. I see this now that I'm no longer in the development world, but now I'm in the security world. But developers, they don't want any restrictions. They don't want to play by any rules. They want to do their thing and build their stuff. I mean, yeah, I I think like, I I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I think that that stance is needs to change because I genuinely think, think about it like this. If you're this person that worked for LastPass, how bad do you feel right now? I mean, you probably lost your job. You're you're probably, depending on if the person gets public or not, it will be, they'll be relatively unemployable. Like it's as a developer, I wouldn't want this. Like uh, no one wants to deal with the anxiety of like, well, if I click the wrong email, then the whole company shuts down. Like, no, that, that like who would want to take that on? Like, yes, I want to be able to do my job. But when we're talking about production data, that's completely different. I should be able to have a crappy development machine that's, you know, has no security controls on it, whatever, but it shouldn't have access to anything privileged. That's the important distinction. Um, and I do think for the record, most companies should have some kind of policy about what security they expect on your home network. Even if it's even if it's vague, like as an example, you know, you must have segmentation between whatever you use for work and whatever you use for home, or like, it, you many, know, you. How much help desk have you done? <laughs> like, I, a lot of companies, I, dude. A lot of companies just send people straight up full like MiFi's or internet like yeah. full on gateways. Yeah. Like they, there were definitely companies shipping out devices that just that they just said this so, is how you access corporate so, resources. You don't use your personal network at yeah, all. But like. There are some there are some solutions though that were brought up, right? You could use yeah. a like uh, a de- a device that does have like a dedicated device. All right, this is a, a dedicated laptop. This would have helped. 
that has conditional access. Um, Microsoft offers this, and I'm not talking about IP addresses. I'm talking about this device has been enrolled into Office 365, and unless you're enrolled, then you can't access any of the services, right? So that kind of level, you could have, I mean, you don't need to separate the, the total network out, right? You've got to make sure that if they did compromise a device on your infrastructure, they'd have to now transition onto the laptop as well, and then they'd have to use that. So then you can hopefully get that kind of like action, right? Like you can get sensors. Or the other option that was brought up is remote desktop to some kind of, um, you know, some kind of pivot device, right? That's not on that network. You're like, okay, well, then they compromise the computer. But again, that comes down to the access of this, right? So now they got to compromise this and then they got to compromise that. It gives you just more chances to make detections, right? Yeah. 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 Having, having worked it at a couple of companies where we've run into this problem and the fight with developers just to even do a jump box solution. Mm-hmm. One place I worked at the jump box solution was the jump box was their laptop. And for everyday internet access, they used a remote desktop session. It it is just unbelievable how much these guys don't want to change as far as their permissions go, how much they feel that they're above and beyond it. And what winds up happening, at least from what I've seen in the in my past experiences, is that they get more of an ear of the higher ups because they're producing something that can be sold. Right. Whereas we mm-hmm. are still thought of as a cost center that that just, OK, we're tossing money into it until something like what's happened with LastPass happens. I so mean, it I, starts I think to open eyes. I, I think it just comes down to restricting access to high value data, because truthfully, I would hate using a remote desktop to look at stack overflow of how to write whatever. That is like that is not that that yeah. the amount of money that's going to be wasted in people forgetting whatever they were googling because they just switched computers that is completely stupid. What you should do instead is sure you can have your little disaster of a developer machine. It just doesn't touch anything good. What like it just doesn't touch anything useful yeah. or if if you like let's say okay you wrote your crappy code you're going to push push it. Now you need to use MFA. You need to, you know, you need to use the jump host to like actually touch things that matter. But if you're just going to be, you know, messing around, you can have your crappy JBoss set up. You can like, I think that's basically where corporations have to find the balance. Is like, you you can have developers with high permissions. They just can't have access to anything useful. The the <laughs> fact that there was a high permission developer that also had access to every single production customer vault. That's the problem, not that the developer yeah. had permissions. I want to touch or on that, something you know. Corey said because it is the crux of the problem. He said when the developers complain, and and rightfully so, it's in some cases that this security control is making me go slower. This security control kept me from testing this thing. They are getting the ears of the folks, the executives saying, "Well, why can't we launch this feature before this conference? We just spent all this money on, or for da da da." Oh, well, that security did this thing and now I, I'm going slower business. And this is the thought I kind of businesses are in the business of taking risks. That's how they make money. Right. And if you go through and say you're doing something that I've accepted as a risk and I need to sell this product, security will lose every single time. However, well, and not not mm-hmm. just security. Yeah. I mean, I've I've had so many times where I have had, I've I brought up to management, executive management. It's like, this isn't ready for prime time. Well, we've got this show that we're going to, or we've got this thing and we've got to push it out. And it's like, it hasn't been tested, tested in production. And, and, you know, still this whole idea of push it out, we'll fix it after it's been launched. That's a standard business mindset. Yep. We, we have to change kind of how how we educate people as to what risks are. And Wade, you put a, a link in the in the chat, which I think is probably worth segueing into here yeah. and moving into the other story. Yeah, we should move on. We're All half right. an hour down to yeah. last pass. I know. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's so no, it was a good one. Uh, you were right. talking well also Bronwyn Sai, Bronwyn Sai right there just like goes that that Sai goes out to every security person. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, is my audio What's, coming in okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, let's let's talk about this. Uh, we look so, since I threw it in there, I'll talk about it a little yeah. bit. Uh, so this is a blog post about pretty much uh, go go the blog. Don't go don't go to me. 
<laughs> it's a blog post about uh i can't pronounce his username so i'll let somebody else tell you i hate you um <laughs> about pretty much the operational hazards for people doing cti or i i more of just take this as like working security and like defending against bad people right so um one of the thing early things that happened in my career is i caught some crazy stuff and i told my dad about it and told how i was a cyber criminal and my first thing my dad said is like, why would you do that? Now you're a target. And that, mm -hmm. I, that did not come to my mind at all. So this is goes in this, this really touches me because I don't have traditional CTI background where a lot of people come from three letter agencies and know about counterintelligence and know that you are a target afterwards. And this blog post goes into that and how you have to have a mindset of that you may be a target because you're tracking these evil people um <laughs> so it's it's an interesting one uh, i want to know what you guys think of it i know as red team you probably not as targeted or care about this as much but for me right i i i always question should i be even on the internet should i do this newscast should i make a name for myself because yeah. of stuff like this yeah no it's a really good point and it, it's what one of the reasons i like why you put that in there is let's assume that it was a targeted attack against LastPass, and somebody just went into LinkedIn and was like, "Well, let's start doing a bunch of deep OSINT on these like senior level engineers. They're targets. They're one hundred percent targets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess I would just say like, I think it, every security person out there should know what they're like. We are constantly mapping out attack surfaces of companies, or whether you're defending or attacking, map out your own attack surface mentally too." And, and like there is, everyone thinks about security through obscurity because it is a real thing. However, you just have to think about when you make people mad, you have to like increase your, it's like they, they have to go in lockstep. If you're going to make everyone mad, then you need to have defenses that match being able to make everyone mad. If you're not going to make anyone mad, then maybe you can go a little lax on your defenses. But like, truthfully, if you're considering like, should I publish this blog post that does a deep dive of the whatever ransomware that like, Docs is the creator. Well, if you're going to do that, you need to make sure that like, tell your family not to answer phone calls or whatever, whatever it is you're going to do. Make sure that you are prepared for the amount of risk that you're exposing yourself to. This is what companies do too. This is like a mental calculus you have to make. And it's, it can be hard to imagine what that could be. But I think if you are, once you reach a certain uh, public profile, you just have to assume the worst. You have to just start saying, I'm going to be targeted. The question is not when, but where or how, and and trying to come up with, you know, securing your personal life. I mean, having an out-of-date Plex server just makes me stressed. Like, not that I even have it in the same network segment as anything work-related necessarily, but it's still just like the concept that there is a service on my home network that someone could relatively easily discover and then compromise. It's something we, at least me personally, I think about. I assume... I, I Someone hopefully would be thinking about that now, especially after LastPass. I had a buddy come over and bring his laptop and his Chrome needed to be updated as well as his operating system. And I was like, I'm like, why, why haven't you updated? Like, you need to update now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why? Like Chrome too? Like, get this, on this. And this machine was, is definitely popped. It's, yeah, it's yeah. get it off my network. I'm, I'm booting you from my Wi-Fi right now. But yeah, but it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's tough. I mean, like, have, have you experienced, wait, have you experienced like oh. personal burnout or is it just kind of theoretical? Like, do, has this impacted you in any way personally, like uh, in your career or is like anyone yeah. else if it has? Uh, I feel like as a blue teamer, I've probably been a little bit more sensitive to it because I can't talk about the stuff that I've done. Right. Uh -huh. As a red team, especially as a consultant like you guys, there's a lot of vagueness to where you've worked. For me, someone can go look at where I worked and probably pinpoint what story I'm talking about and about <laughs> where, which is pretty scary and kind of demystifies the blue team as well. Like we can't the to not use better hate the man, look at me mumbling. Uh we're not as sexy because we can't talk about the cool stuff we do most of the time. At least not on the internet. Like maybe one on ones, right? Um, but I always think about that in the back of my mind. Like, should I be talking about that? Should I have told that story? Uh, should I be doing this or should I train? Like it's it, I've experienced quite a lot of burnout from it and had to like rethink myself and like talk to people. I know this 
at least tell me like, yeah, no, you're doing good. But it's it's an interesting topic that I don't think comes up as much. Uh, agreed. And being blue team myself, I've gone through that and I've come out the other side and I sat down and what I did was I created for myself and I look at it every so often, my own threat matrix, where am I going to? And I talked with my bosses. Am I allowed? Where is, where am I allowed to talk? What am I allowed to do? How is it going forward? The problem that we run into also though, is we want to share this, the information as from being a blue teamer out with other blue teamers to help them out. But there's only so much that we can do, and that starts creating walls that we have to figure out ways around as far as sharing a lot of this information goes. Some of the stuff just by small stories, yeah, you can get backtracked OSINT-wise. In the same breath, some of those stories might need to be out there so that way somebody else or some other company doesn't make the same mistake. And it's a balancing act, to be sure. So It really is. Here's the thing, right? So I, I'm hearing a lot of you know blue team burnout. Don't worry, the government's here to help you. Oh, they are <laughs> perfect, perfect, ah, perfect, nice perfect segue. Uh, Occasionally, well done. Comes up with one. Bravo. So, so the White House over the weekend released their national cybersecurity strategy, and uh, we have a you know, strategy. There's all we have a strategy. We have a strategy. I haven't had a Let chance. Let me get on my bingo card. Hold on. No, I got bingo. it. I'm good. There's, <laughs> you know, there's. I haven't had a chance to read through the whole thing. It's only about 26 pages. Uh, and, but even still, it, 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 there are some vagaries, but there are a few things in there that that it's like, yeah, okay, let's let's codify this. Let's talk about it. And some some having to do with you know vendor supply chain things like that. So did anyone? Uh, and and with that, Ian lost it. Yeah. So has anyone had a chance to look at this feelings on? on I read the bullet points through yeah. it, and it's just hitting like the basics. It's like it's be fluffy. more secure. Uh, try to like maybe push small business security somewhere else. It kind of feels like the government wants to take a stronger role in cybersecurity. But at the end of the day, what are they going to do, and what would you let them do? Right, like. I don't understand how the government would ever help if my if I had a small business make me more secure in the internet. At least in like So okay, okay, wait, wait. Are wait, they going to give me look, a network appliance to throw no, on? No, hold on, like, hold right? on, hold on. <laughs> so let's look at this, let's look at this at a higher level, okay? Legitimately, like honestly, okay, there's two possibilities that are coming to mind that are just both of them are too good not to mention. Number 1 is government subsidized security testing or security <laughs> like like it's like oh oh your your uh, black hills do, do you guys just do t- section eight or what, section, like, whatever like, like, what do testing <laughs> like it's like uh, oh you guys do section eight oh it's just Nessus isn't it it's just Nessus Cisa just did do that that red test and put out that report so maybe that's exactly what they're doing that so would make okay, a lot so of sense. so that's the okay. So that's option number one is government subsidized uh, pen testing or, or or blue teaming or whatever. Like can't afford a sock, we'll appoint one for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other uh, the other option would be public security companies, like a public agency like the FBI or the Air Force or whatever. But they just like do pen testing for free. It's like are you are you in need of a public defender but like a public defender like the lawyer like not like a public you know and it's like some like sad sysadmin is like oh you guys got mfa oh, all right let's go like you know just slowly like rolling through yeah you i don't know that that's the two things that come to mind but like those both of those are made up i just made both of those up for the record that's not real oh, oh, don't... okay okay i get it i get it a lot of the ideas about uh, the government getting involved and in enforcing or having anything to do with cybersecurity is laughable on so many fronts, especially because we have so many Congress critters who cannot find the any key to save their lives. Congress critter. I've never heard that one before. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say I'm glad to see this, if only for the fact that it raises awareness. Because there are some people who only pay attention to something when the government, the mm-hmm. government, talks about it. And if it's if it starts dialogues, wonderful. Yes, mistakes are going to be made. Absolutely, guaranteed. But you know what? If it gets conversation started, it's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Are we behind the ball? Yes. Are but we- also public funding for security testing would be awesome. There are definitely nonprofits 
Some of the better Agreed. companies, Black Hills included, will work with companies that are nonprofits or you know lower companies that do good things but probably don't have a stack of cash to spend on security. So some public funding in that space would be amazing to be able to say like, all right, let's start with our NGOs and uh, you know Red Cross and stuff like that. Like, or mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, Red Cross is probably big enough, but like small, you know, lo- and they mentioned specifically local governments, small businesses. Like these are people that probably can't afford pen tests or can't afford, uh, you know, security uh, operation centers and that kind of stuff. So I generally do think some funding in that space is a step, could be a step in the right direction. Yeah. And I, I will say a lot of it is the bag holding. Like who, if someone gets breached, it's usually not security that ends up holding the bag, right? So some public support for whoever ends up with mm. that, like whether it's the person or whether it's the small business or whatever. What if they had like a cash for clunkers, like they did for the cars, <laughs> but it's like cash for <laughs> firewalls, right? Like oh my if you God, don't have it's a like firewall. ASAs. <laughs> yeah. You have an ASA? Well, that's 800 bucks. <laughs> ASA, we'll, we'll take it off your hands. You got a PIX, that's a thousand. So it's a what? It's well, a, like a security buyback program where yeah, they just or, buy yeah, all this just stuff sub- back subsidizing you your network equipment. Well, is there like, going to be a public defender a- AV that's like the gov gov AV <laughs> gov defend gov it's defend? Like, it's it's called yeah. like Patriot Defender and it has like fifteen O days day one. Okay. Like, lo- looking looking at it from another perspective and reading something and going away from just the red team pen testing thing, one of the things that it says in there is defensible, where cyber defense is overwhelmingly easier, cheaper, and more effective. Are they looking at a way yes. of going ahead and subsidizing the actual companies that are making the security products and the security software? Oh. So that way they bring oh. the prices down on that stuff so it's more affordable for oh. the everyday Cyber person. security oh. is the next oh. corner. If you operate a honeypot oh. in your network, you get a 5% discount on your taxes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> when you consider the fact that a lot of the small businesses, if they get, if they get popped, they're, they're gone. I think 60% of small and medium businesses, if they get breached, yeah. they're gone within a year. They cannot recover. So this is a significant issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's- go, go ahead, Ralph. And then there's two things I want to cover in here. All right. Yeah. So I did kind of look at it real quick. And so the one thing at the very top, they have like five step program. This is, you know, this is going to recover. <laughs> Anyways. So the first one was uh, defend critical infrastructure, which I think is something that the government really can like kind of uh, the government in general, right? Not just the president coming out with this or whatever, but the government in general has a lot of arm here and that mainly can come down to regulation. If you're not doing this, then like you can't have this. Well, critical infrastructure is one of those things that has a very clear definition and there's already NERC and FERC and they do nothing. So I know. (laughs) I agree. I'm just saying that that's where like that differs from the corporate world where like they have an arm to twist right Um, from a government side. True. Yeah. So and then they they also talk about a couple other things. But the uh, other one I want to talk about was just uh, reinvest in a resilient future. So I'm talking about like, um, you know, training and like bringing up uh you know more people into the field subsidizing sans right. classes can yeah. i get amazon GovCloud for free <laughs> i just yeah. i'm sorry i just keep going back to all the stuff i can get for free i'm sorry yeah that's all you that was about. a good discussion though any yeah. i think at the end of the day this is white house stuff which means it's just a piece of paper with a fancy logo on it and means absolutely nothing until like some real until some yeah right until until some real you know real paperwork comes comes along which Stay tuned because I'm sure we'll talk about it. Right. So to Wade's point, and I got to make a crack about that because uh, the government's been subsidizing SANS for years. Let's be let's be real here. That is that is true. The right. government actually subsidizes way more things than you realize. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but to, to kind of wrap this this up because a bunch of points that that y'all made are, are kind of in there. For those who want to do a little deeper reading in their strategic objective 3.2, drive the development of secure IoT resources. They actually talk about that, you know, saying like, how do we build frameworks that do this? But the, the, the two that really get me that are really interested is the 3.3 strategic objective, objective 3.3 shift liability for insecure software products and services. With the idea that literally what they're saying is too many vendors ignore best practices for secure development, ship products, everything that we were saying before. So mm-hmm. I read this as, and, and you can even get down further into it, um, they talk about further incentivizing uh, secure software, but they're also talking about safe harbor in this section. So really, what when I read that as someone who is in the private sector and I say, wait a minute. 
What they're really saying there without saying it is regulation. That's what they're saying. They're saying we're going to create liability processes that allow folks to go back and say, you sold me software that wasn't secure. And if that's what they're doing, holy cow, is this going to see a fight? Uh, it's going to be a complete. So, yeah, that's that. It's so my my question was going to be who who like they didn't they didn't like call it out like who made that? Who, who, who did they ask? Did they ask Elon? Who did they, who, who, who did they ask? Who did, who like actually thought of this? Like, I, I guess it's probably good that they're not putting names on it necessarily, but like, I'm sure there's like a government advisory board and like the tech security space. Probably like, I'm wondering like, are they like, don't put that in. Don't put that in. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, know. absolutely. Well, okay. Regulations are fine and dandy, but if nothing's enforced, who cares? Yeah. No, we I'm need sorry. FEMA for it, ransomware payments. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I can't stop making yeah, up government don't, ways. Don't get me started on FEMA. Right. Don't get me started oh, no. on FEMA. That so would actually FEMA actually used ransomware it. Let's segue. You've got another segue here because in section 3.2, they talk about driving the development of secure IoT resources. Well, well, let's talk about some some Roku devices that maybe could use some additional features for security and whatnot. Uh, I didn't look at the story. Is any, Ryan, uh, has anyone looked at this 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 story? I'll, I'll, the I'll only reason I have a Roku account was okay. to I watch the Weird Al movie. So uh, I, I don't specific. have. A, so this is a uh, this is a very important announcement from Dinglebog three eight nine nine on the Roku community <laughs> forum. Ooh. So yeah, Roku doesn't support IPv six. That oh. is the uh, <laughs> that is the article. I mean, does anyone have any hot takes on this? My my thought is. Who cares? Uh, three quarters <laughs> of the world doesn't support IPv6. I mean, I guess I'm like, okay, if you spend $20 on a USB stick that plays Netflix, do you really expect it to support IPv6 and or does it need I, to? I mean, most ISPs barely support IPv6. <laughs> like, all of Comcast is like, IPv6? Ah, crap. Your packets uh, your packets got into a cul-de-sac in the network and got just... <laughs> They just went into a whirlpool, and yeah. I don't know uh, something about a slash sixty four we gave you. I okay, okay. Understand. I can, Wait, I can summarize IP this one a little bit here. The the thing or the problem here was that there is a a um a tribal ISP network. It's fairly new, and they don't have any IPv four addresses to mm. give out anymore. That's like not having a logo. Yeah, and. So th their problem was that uh, 71% of the IPv4 traffic was coming from Roku devices and Roku is not going to support, will not in the near future anyway, support oh, IPv6. I got you. So this is like Tales so from Behind the So what they're doing, the segue, the segue part of the story, uh, and I can't talk and switch at the same time, sorry, but the, the segue part of the story is that uh, we were talking about buyback, security buybacks. Well, this is in, in a way... This ISP's uh, compliance buyback, where they're they're asking everybody to give us your Roku devices, and we're going to hand you an Apple TV because the <laughs> Apple TV can do IPv6. Oh my! And I want to get this cheaper. ISP. What? It's are a lot cheaper they, to give you, give everybody an Apple TV instead of uh, engineer some solution on their back end. Okay, are they not doing network address translation? That's what I was going to say. Is that is <laughs> that even on, even on Comcast devices, and I ran into this uh, with Umbrella, what used to be OpenDNS a few years ago. They weren't supporting IPv6, and the second people started going home during the pandemic, all of a sudden they were bypassing all the web blocks because nobody could see the IPv6 traffic that Comcast was using back and forth on it all. The, the idea being, though, is that Comcast, if you, and I use Comcast as a generalization here, their gateways. We'll go ahead. If you have something on the back end that's IPv4 and you're running IPv4 on your network, it's going to go ahead and do a four to six or six to four translation inside of that modem. You mean to tell me that, the, that those machines can't do that for a Roku device that's on an internal network? Yeah, I guess I'm like, if this is your ISP, first of all, congrats on the Apple TV. Second of all, <laughs> that's a little concerning from a network management perspective. <laughs> it's like that's, I mean, but it, it okay. So to 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 get away from the specifics, I think you know Ryan's point about what what is the security version of this? Like, what is the version? It's like, ah, oh, crap. We can't secure that version, but you can buy a new one. <laughs> like, oh, it's oh, it's, uh, it's exchange. It's exchange. Uh, exchange. Who, who, 
who got popped with their exchange servers and then they're like just upgrade to uh was it Rackspace or what was the data center that had it their internally managed exchange servers? Yeah, it was it was, it was Rackspace. Rackspace. And yeah. they're like they're like, "Uh, oh, we can't manage this anymore. We can't give you your data back. Just upgrade." Like well, they got <laughs> ransomware and they were just like, "Man, whoops." And they were like, "Ah, oh, crap. We tried to buy everyone out of this plan, but it just wasn't working." It wasn't. We we're making working. too much money. It's so I mean, honestly like uh um white cyberduck's opinion in the uh in the discord is exactly how i feel which is it's all about greed he was talking specifically about the greed of like having a bunch of class a's that you don't use which we were talking about this in the discord i have seen this i've seen companies that have class b's that they just use internally and aren't they're like completely publicly routable but they're only used internally why i don't know because they're old telecoms or old Companies almost, that got big all chunks. the universities have huge right. Jobs yeah. So, but I do think like when we talk about this, why doesn't Roku support IPv6? Greed. It's the same reason. It's because oh well, that would have cost you know would have been the developer saying well it'll delay release by three weeks or three months or whatever it was, and they were like, caught it. This is you know. I thought they had some secret deal with OpenDNS so then OpenDNS could block their IPv6. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say the other things, come on. Yes, right. The, 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 the two horsemen of the uh, cyber apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two of them because we don't really need that many. You we don't need that many. Two. Uh, yeah, but 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 like the other thing that we just casually glossed over, Roku devices are seventy one percent of the internet. <laughs> what? No way. What? I mean, that's got to be just this one ISP. Yeah, this one ISP. This one ISP. But still, even for one ISP, that's a representative sample. That's pretty. Like, is that where we're at? I know at one point build, Netflix was half the internet. Is that how do they it build is? Roku into TVs? Yeah, or they is do. It just like yes. they're at cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. yes. Roku so is pretty one. ubiquitous. Yeah. So. But speaking of greed, did you guys see the article about the crypto miners? Yes. Yeah, oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. So, so someone thought they would be greedy, and uh, you know how do you uh, how do you steal with crypto miners? Well, you steal power, right? Who so, didn't do this yeah. in college? Who didn't do? This? I'm sorry. What? Oh, I, I know, right? I know, right? Uh, don't don't tell the whole story. Um, no. Nothing but the truth. <laughs> All right, so uh, they found out that uh there was a um was the department you, of homeland yeah <laughs> so there was a massive in massachusetts accused of stealing thousands of dollars in electricity from a local middle dash high school to operate a secret crypto mine, a cryptocurrency mine it was in the crawl space above this picture in the article uh it was in the crawl space above at the uh, uh middle school and 39 uh, year old eight, okay so so okay grand if, worth of power so if you see a 39 year old sneaking into the crawl space at a <laughs> high school they're probably just dropping in a crypto miner is that what? <laughs> how did he get these in like what do you think he did like how he paid students oh he no, totally no, he paid was, students oh was, you got uh, a hall pass here's 20 bucks like he was in charge of uh he was in charge of like what it, he was in charge of that area I can't okay. even think of the, the word. Cross space? The cross the cro- yeah, just the cross. He was in maintenance <laughs> and he set this up during COVID while no one was at school. And then he oh. couldn't get back and he in. Just kept running. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't. he couldn't get back in to cut it off. I wanna I want someone to track his uh, wallet and to see how much he made versus that 18 grand. <laughs> so wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. He doesn't he didn't work specifically for the school. He was an assistant fil- facilities director for the town. So the so town he, probably runs this the school. Though. Right. That's that's what my thought was. So okay, yes, for sure. But the question really is how did the DHS get involved? And what's a routine inspection? Is this part of the DHS? They're like, you got any crypto miners open up? Like <laughs> <laughs> it looks like they like, detected the traffic on the on their network and then that's how it's started. Guard. Yes. The, the Coast Guard, Guard is like <laughs> we defend blockchain based coastlines as well. That's oh. right. Guys, you realize the town of Cohasset, Massachusetts only has a population of 8,400 people, right? Wow. So it's half the town's electricity? Just that was everything. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's they, it's a tiny town. It's, it's They probably thought he was growing people. weed under there, to tell you the truth. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
That's like, uh, probably how the feds got involved. They were like, dude, there's a we, grow house in the middle. Grow lamp, lamps. That's a creepy thing. Lamp. You look power consumption usually means there's a lot of large yeah. amount of lamps. And well, so okay, go. the but question. Then like, no crypto miners. <laughs> so okay, the, the, the this which we're probably going to talk about this on the CoinTech podcast. But for real, what do you think the upshot of this is? Is it criminal charges? Is you just have to pay it back? Because I mean, that's not even that's what a Bitcoin and a half. Not even that. like it's He's, how many. First, yeah. you got to find him. To find they the guy. Him. No, they they got him. They, I assume they got him. Oh, did yeah. they? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He didn't show up for the court date, and that was kind of what got it started. So, yeah. I mean, I guess first of all, I just there's so much here. I love it so much. Thank you for this article. It's it's so mm. good. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing in the crawl space of the high school? You you, you doing a grow up? No, man. We're mining bitcoins now. It's 2023. We we don't. Yeah, man. Weed we is have legal. Weed is legal. We 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 I, mine bitcoins. <laughs> I have to tell this story now because the reason I love this story is this was totally me in high school. So <laughs> I'm not kidding. So a buddy of mine actually you sent me a story who is part of, and I won't call out their name because it's not my my thing to say. But we went to a high school that uh in the in the theater facility in the in the you know the theater uh in one of the dressing rooms you could climb up on top of the dressing dressing room like closet move a ceiling tile away and we very quickly realized that you could climb like 15 feet up into the rafters and we went into one of the the drama workshops and built a ladder permanently into this this rafter to go up about 20 feet and we realized there was a hole in the wall that was for it was the firewall, right? But it was there so maintenance people could get into this other area. And when we went into this other area, what we found was this loft that had all the HVAC for the the school in it, and it was freezing cold up there. And we're like, "What is going on?" And somebody left one of the service doors on the HVAC unit for the entire auditorium in there. And what we very quickly realized was we could hang out up there and skip school. And so we would go up into our little loft and like hang out and and over time like it built into this whole thing like one one buddy figured out that the Motorola walkie-talkies ran on this frequency and weren't trunked so we'd know where all the administrators were and we wanted to come up and down. There was I'm like had this existed, we totally would have done it. Like this is no <laughs> doubt in my mind. And uh, yeah, no, and the police do get involved because, uh, yeah, one day like maintenance went up there and they found a bunch of our stuff and they were like, oh, it's no danger. It's just like a bunch of like magazines and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, well, it yeah. actually was like it was like twenty six hundred. The good something. kind, not the, the shooting. <laughs> yeah. well, the, 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 the hacking like, kind. Yeah, I'd like to say something more salacious, but it was nerd crap. Um, <laughs> so, one day and this has now been 20 some odd years uh but i come into school and there's cops everywhere and there's a bag leaving it's my bag it's filled with all my good stuff and i see the cop and literally these words almost come out of my mouth i go i they almost go hey that's my bag <laughs> and I literally, I go, <laughs> Some say walking. Ian from the future actually Ian teleported in. And it's right. <laughs> so whatever happened to your bag? I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, mm-hmm. allegedly my bag. I mean, the nerds yeah. at the police station read all of his magazines. Right. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. 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 So, that's yeah, I mean, do you, do you want to do one more? Any anyone, any follow up stories to cover before we uh, wrap it? Uh, I don't want to. I don't have any. Spi- is there any spicy ransomware articles to just okay, so out with? I have one. I have one last depressing, one. depressing notes for the end. No, no, this one. Oh, is, well, um, no, the ATM one. The yeah. ATM one. Is well, no, I was going to say. Yeah. Also, what about the U.S. Marshals? What do you guys want to talk? ATMs or U.S. Marshals? Ah, the U.S. Marshals is like they got hit. Like, yeah, they got popped. It wasn't yeah. even the the witness yeah. protection. I think stuff. the ATM one is kind of tricky. All right, why would give you me the ATM the one because I read the Marshall right. one and I didn't. I I watched the video on this and it was hilarious. So, uh, so pretty much. Not even, I don't know what you'd classify these criminals as, but they deface the ATM part because what you actually p- physically put your card into. They put super glue in there so you can't. So you yep. have to use the wireless, whatever NFC chip, whatever the uh-huh. heck that is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then that actually has different settings and options when you pull money out. Okay. When you pull the money out, it doesn't close the screen right away and it stays up. 
So what happens is someone will come up. The card reader doesn't work. There's a yep. dude sitting back. He's like, oh, the card reader's broken on this one. You actually have to use the wireless thing. And they yep. go, oh, thanks for helping me. Use the wireless thing. They take their money out, walk away. That dude then comes up and steals all the money out of your bank account. Wow. Because so it's not skimming. It's, it's not it's skimming. Not skimming. It, it is, it's, it's actually like, it is a programming business yes. logic flaw in the ATM. That's yeah, what it is. Because the settings on the wireless are different than the normal settings, right? Mm-hmm. And then the best part is the uh, Chase wouldn't give them their money back. They said, no, you pulled that money well, out. They're like, not. no, we didn't. They're like, yes, you did. And the lady wound up, I think they, she said she called like footage? seven you times. You know it's recorded. Because they only go to the footage if thousands of dollars are stolen. They state it's like five grand. Dude, banks oh. work very hard to make yeah. sure they can take your money. It's real. It's a very complicated, there's a whole team figuring out how <laughs> yeah. to scam you. And so then they didn't get, so three. it's happened to three people all at the same bank. Uh-huh. And once the lady got her money back and then got on this news, after the news contacted oh Chase, God. the other two yep. dudes got their money back. Uh, yeah, I will oh, add, it know. wasn't after it, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a large like I say this. It wasn't large. It was like in the hundreds. It wasn't. Well, in the yeah, because how do you keep money. a scam like that going? You don't steal everything out of the yeah. account, yeah. right? You got to like you just make it seem like a like a rounding error. Oh, you know? for sure. If someone's yeah. been making random Amazon orders of various amounts, I have not been checking. So, congrats on all the stuff you got. <laughs> <laughs> I don't check it. Like you Seven could definitely do like a twenty nine ninety nine yeah, Amazon yeah. every if few you don't months. Drain like, their whole know. account. Of course, they're going to go in uh, and scream. You take like a couple hundred bucks. They're like, oh, you know, like I don't know. Maybe I, I then now I got to go figure out. You know, but if they're really poor, I guess maybe. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So you guys th- obviously have too much money if you don't notice a, a couple hundred bucks that's gone out. I or maybe it's just I'm OCD about m- monitoring my uh, finances. It depends. <laughs> In all seriousness, yeah. For me, it's it's my wife and I spend money on yeah. things, kids and whatnot. So I see a charge for Publix or Amazon in twenty or thirty bucks or forty. I don't even. Panic, or like an ATM not, charge. Yeah. 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 Also, yeah. like the the auto pay is just such a trump. It's a uh, drug. Yeah. I, I have alerts like, set up for uh, anything over a hundred dollars. I get a direct. Email. Yeah. And Dude, if, what? So if, I would if you're be getting go- emails. Right. What are you buying? I'm not buying five hundred dollar uh, hard drives for my NAS every day. All right. What? I have that on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I see some. I see some three D printers and accoutrement back there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I literally <laughs> have a VR script headsets. that orders hard drives for me daily. Like it just hits. <laughs> it's, daily. A, it's a cron job. Those things age out, baby. Those things dude, age out. You gotta get a new one. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, AWS, dude. I don't even know how much I'm spending. I, at yeah. this point, I just put it in a box and say, "Don't look at it." Don't look. If you don't know that, if you don't know what how much it costs, it doesn't cost anything. So, so I wonder how long it's gonna take Chase to change the firm, like the pro process for this. I would imagine this would be something easy, but knowing ATMs and banks, it. It's, they're never going to do it. This is going to be like a vector for the next 10 years, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I, I and I want to say this because when I first read the article, <laughs> like when I first did a hot take, I, it said ATMs use glue and tap to drain accounts. I was thinking like you go up to the bank, you stick your card and it's stuck to the bank. <laughs> like it's like, oh, uh, let me tap to pay. Oh, it's not coming no, out. So, I can't get it, it back. Yeah. It's I just also, like stuck. It's just permanently uh, stuck. They didn't state if you tap to pay, if you still have to put in your pin for the ATM, which I'm also wondering about now because yeah. of the way that these people were working a little bit. But yeah. I don't know. Oh, whenever well, I'm at the ATM, the moment I take my money back, I just sit there and press the cancel button repeatedly. You know, what, just you know what's funny is somebody, somebody went to take money out and they noticed after they did a tap to pay, that the screen didn't close out right away. And yep. they were like, they hey. thought, how could I use this to scam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they told, no, they probably were like, oh, that's really weird. I mean, this is probably some flaw or something. They told someone else in conversation and they were like, oh, wow, that's pretty wild. And the other person was like, we could probably set up a it little made bit. It, a- it, it made yeah. the, it made yeah. the rounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, it's also like you look at the transaction afterwards, you're like, Man, that was an ATM fee. I mean, geez, geez, like that, that two hundred dollar ATM fee. I mean, I'm like, gonna, wow. I'm going to do something just now that I would probably never do, and I'm ashamed I'm even doing. I'm gonna, I'm actually going to stand up for the Chase fraud investigators for a minute. Uh oh, hear me out. Hear me out. Uh-oh. I'm listening. If 
they're getting calls because they get calls all the time from people like I didn't spend that when it was like, no, you were you were absolutely hammered. And yes, you did buy those four rounds for those folks. And they try and cancel three in the morning. You know, it's bad. Right. But think about what they're looking at when that person calls in. Right. So there was a tap. So there was a cryptographic exchange of data. There was a pin number entered that only that person should know. Mm. And if they watched even the first 30 seconds of that tape, they would have seen that customer pulling money out. They had to then continue to watch the tape to see yeah. someone else step up and then make another withdrawal. Now, I, I will say they probably should have been like, well, wait a minute. When I look There's at the two withdrawals. Exactly. But from that first frontline person. Yeah. Like I've got all the evidence I need to say like, yeah, no, you took the money out and it's such a small amount. You know, when I when I say small amount, I mean thousands and thousands, but a couple hundred that they're like, yeah, we're not even going to send this up to our other so, fraud investigators. So, yeah, oh. the other thing that that Radis in the Discord called out was that apparently yeah. they also had to shoulder surf the pin, I guess. So, like, well, yeah, no, that because be it didn't it doesn't log out. Cool. So that means they would oh, have yeah. never logged when you do it wirelessly. You grab your money and it just stays open. So the person would walk away thinking normally it closes. But so, so, it says every transaction. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah. going to the chase right now. I'll be back. <laughs> All right. See you later. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to cover it in super glue. So when you stick your card, you just, it's stuck. Your card. You is see me just like swipe it once, like standing around. I'm like waiting, you know, <laughs> I just break like, this. Gotcha. I'm like, We're not stealing my, I have your credit card out and I'm not just going to leave this here. I mean, like Corey, Corey sticks his head out behind the pillar and is like looking at his pin. Just like, <laughs> just that one meme of the guy behind the bushes and he's like <laughs> spaghetti spaghetti i mean so you guys like, all know it's just one 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 so okay so but for real though do you know what the real like th this is the cybersecurity application of this story criminals will go so far to steal even small amounts of money yeah. Like the amount of effort that it took to like figure out, well, it stays open. Okay, well, take the okay, run back. It's still open. Grab an, uh, only a couple hundred dollars, and then we'll hit the liquor store after that. Like it's just, it's low tech, but it's like the amount of effort that people put into like learning how this attack works. It's like, come on, come to the good side. Come be cybersecurity people. If you're going to put that much effort into an attack on an ATM, there's a ton of ATM testing. Do you know how much the bank would pay you to tell them that? nothing more They'd than $200 like, they, they would be like that's a feature no no it's <laughs> probably no. true here's the difference here's the difference you have to sell it as a service not just offer it to the <laughs> I can tell you a way I can steal money from your they beg like, all right lock that guy up he's probably stolen money already yes exactly. yeah I no, was I, I was gonna jump in and say I think the positive upbeat note of you know everyone you know needs to learn and be pretty let's end on that and then Ralph is just like you know what they're not going to listen to you anyway. So I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On that note, it's time to end. Yes. So thank yeah. Thank you no, for so, joining. Indeed. Thank you all for being here. And, uh, you know, we'll be back next week talking about whatever it is that gets us riled up. So thanks for joining the news and, and hanging out. And for Mike and uh, Hamsec here and Wade, myself, Ralph, Ryan, and Bronwyn, thanks for hanging out. Go out and, I don't know, make a whole bunch of good trouble for us. And we'll maybe talk about it next week. Don't make the news, please. Don't. Go to Chase Bank yeah, and report please. back next Don't week. Don't make the news. Right. Ryan, take us out, man. Bye, guys. Oh, thank God. <laughs>